0: Long ago, the four nations lived in harmony. Then, everything changed when coronavirus attacked. Only the Avatar Last Airbender after show could stop them, but when the world needed it most, it vanished. It aired ten years ago. Finally, a new after show discovered this Avatar after show. It's an after show of perfect TV, and although our reviewing skills are great, it's going to take a lot more to end this virus than this show, but I believe this after show can save the world.
1: I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of AfterBuzz TV's Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch show. We're still stuck in quarantine, and Avatar's on Netflix, so we figured, why not go back and rewatch the greatest show of all time? Joining me, as always, is our Earthbender, Gunner. Gunner, how are you doing today, man? We're in my kingdom now, baby. I'm so excited. Yes, we are finally where your people will be thriving. And Elgin. Your people? I was just about to make a joke. (laughs) He's
2: got, he is the
1: Earth Kingdom people. (laughs) I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. Calm down. He he represents (laughs) the Earth Kingdom. We're good. All right. Moving on. Moving on. We have our still first time watcher, Elgin, representing the Water Tribe. Elgin, how are you doing today, man? I
2: still wish we were in the Book of
1: Water, but it's it's cool to be in the <laughs> Earth, town,
2: city, whatever you want to call it. I'm excited to talk about these two episodes.
1: Great. And as always, we have our producer, Ryan, who is representing the Foggy Swamp People. Ryan, how are That's you right. doing today, man? Ryan
0: and DeBoof, guys. I'm hyped for talking two awesome episodes this week with, uh, what is it, the Avatar State and Cave of Two Lovers. One of these is a personal favorite episode of mine that being Cave of Two Lovers. So I can't wait to break into it, break into song, break into Taoism, and uh, sing about a secret tunnel. How about you, Eric? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel like there are going to be quite a lot of song breaks in this episode. And of course, guys, I am joining as well your host. I am Eric, representing the Fire Nation. So Elgin... I've still got to wait a little bit for my book and my <laughs> favorite tribe to finally show up. And like Ryan said, we are finally guys on book two earth. We are talking about the first two episodes, the avatar state and the cave of two lovers. And that is it. That are the only two episodes we'll be talking about. So please Elgin has not seen this show before. Don't spoil anything in the comments or in the live chat for him guys. These are two really good episodes. We're very excited to get into it. And as always, we are going to have our favorite bingo game. We did, we finally got bingo for the last two episodes last week of season one. Took us a while, but we finally got there. We'll see if we get it again for these two. And of course, Gunner's going to be shouting out one of your guys' iTunes reviews for us. So if you guys want to get a shout out on air, leave a five-star review on iTunes. Really helps out the show. And we'll read it on air for you guys. So. Are you guys ready to talk about episode one, the Avatar State?
0: Avatar State, yes. activate. Let's go.
1: <laughs> All right. So <laughs> first, thing, first thing that I noticed doing this rewatch was that Zuko says a line that it's been three weeks since the events of the season finale, which I never realized doing or uh, watching this years ago. I thought it just picked up right away. But Zuko's like, nah, it's been three weeks. Or Iroh says it's been three weeks. So I was like, oh. They're kind of keeping a little bit of more consistency with time, so that's cool.
0: They got a day so we, timer, Eric. They're taking. They have a calendar. A sun calendar. A sun. Yeah, calendar.
1: probably. At, probably at this point, yeah. So we have the group. They are leaving the Northern Water Tribe to finally go and find our old friend Boomy, so he can start teaching Ang earthbending. Elgin, I think I remember you liked Boomy when we first uh, met him. So are you excited for Ang to try and go and learn earthbending from? Honestly, it's his oldest friend, really. So, are you excited to go see Boomy again? Uh, yeah,
2: for the most part, until I saw the last other episode. So, I mean, we'll see.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a little tease for you guys there. We will see what happens going forward. But, yeah, so they have to stop at an Earth Kingdom military base to get some resupplies. They're going to get an armed escort to Amashu. And I was like, oh, wow, armed escort. This is getting very serious. Like, the Fire Nation is a real threat everyone knows the avatar is back like they need all hands on deck to help win this war so we arrive in general fong he is the one who is supposed to help them get to amashu and he drops a bomb on us immediately saying i think ang can go and defeat the fire lord right now
0: i have a massive shout out so (laughs) go ahead ryan little fun fact here peek behind the curtain of the casting of general fong general fong's played by daniel day kim this is a guy who was in Lost for many years. He played Jin in Lost, um, Hawaii Five-0. Like he's a big time Korean actor, and he's an amazing voice actor. Like, yeah, he crushes it as General Fong, and uh, he, I just loved this character. Like he, right out of the gate, he's got his own agenda. He really like, wears it on his chest, and um, kind of makes you a little uncomfortable. And he's also funny though
1: yeah that's one thing i did notice this time as well it's that he from what we know about the earth kingdom they are very stubborn people uh that's pretty much how they're described they're very stubborn set in their ways and the fire nation are the more aggressive people but on this with general fong it's completely reversed general fong is like no we're not holding our ground anymore you are going to go in the avatar state and we are going to attack the fire nation head on gunner uh, this is your. Uh, you've been watching the show many times before. What did your? What was your reaction to fong just being like, "No, forget learning the other elements. Go into the Avatar state. You destroyed an entire fleet of Fire Nation soldiers. Why can't you do that right now?" What was your reaction watching it again this time?
3: Well, I don't like to think all of my people are that stubborn, but uh, <laughs> I'm never going to live no, that this, down. Oh, never, absolutely not. uh <laughs> That this whole episode, I remember in watching again, always of how much. It frustrated me, but also I understood it because we obviously know that Avatar Say is one of the is the most powerful ability that Avatar has, but he doesn't know how to control it. Mm-hmm. And of just the stubbornness and the, like how hard war can make situations that you, if we have this ability to use, why not use it? But also the risks that come with it just aren't worth it, especially at the risk of one of my favorites, like Katara, and how cruel he was to Aang. So it just was, wasn't it. It wasn't it for Right.
1: Yeah, I feel I agree with you where you're coming from there that Fong kind of has the right idea. Like we have such a powerful weapon with the Avatar state right now. And I do understand where he's coming from with his point later, where he shows ang these are all the men came home from war. They're the lucky ones. Like other people have been dying for this war. You are the most powerful person. Let's just go and attack. Where it's a very baseline argument. To start with, just because no one really knows what the avatar state is until the end of this episode, we finally get a lesson on that. But they're right; Aang doesn't know how to control it. It really—it oh. only happens when he is in great despair, or someone he loves, such as Katara, at the end, is in grave danger. So, Fong, I think he does have a good idea of just going to attack the Fire Nation, but ang is just raw power and he's not a fine-tuned machine at this point where if he had gone to attack fire lord ozai right now probably wouldn't have been making it back this is actually would have even worked. I,
0: thought, I thought this was like a storyline that you know we we we. this is funny we did the movie last week we because it was mm-hmm. the end of season one so we covered the uh m night Shyamalan movie this is actually a storyline an episode that i actually think would have hit even harder in live action because the idea that like Ooh. This is Ang's basically like a nuke, and yeah. but he doesn't know how to aim the nuke. And I kind of hear this general's point. Like he is kind of this over the top character, so you you are looking at him as sort of like a villain who has like these cruel intentions. But mm-hmm. he's actually looking for the greater good. Like he really yeah. just wants to end this war. And if they, if this maybe wasn't like a, so much of a kids' show, and they showed just how much destruction, just how much death, like really leaned into. Like, they slaughtered the airbenders. Like, we need to end this now. I think I would have been a little bit more conflicted, but just because of how, I think, like, over the top he was, I never really bought into his, yeah. like, line of thinking at all.
1: Yeah, so Ryan brought it up. Let's just jump into the end of the episode, guys, where at least the end of Aang's storyline here. General Fong, Ang tells, does not want to help him. And Aang tells Fong, hey, I can only go into the Avatar state when there's danger or someone I love is being hurt, so Fong and the Earthbenders just start attacking Ang, like going brutal. We get a good boomerang throw in there. I was very happy when we saw that. But General Fong takes it a step further and he starts attacking Katara. And Ang is still pleading, he's trying to go in the avatar state. And what finally sends Ang over the edge is when Fong pretty much just sinks Katara into the ground. Elgin, what was your reaction when you saw how far Fong was willing to go for this? And then just seeing Ang lose it on Fong and these earthbenders when he's finally in the Avatar state?
2: Uh, it kind of just gave me like good guy with bad, good intentions, but the wrong way of going mm-hmm. about the situation. And I felt like after that with the scene with the Avatar state, it kind of just zeroed in for me that, these two like especially this episode just like uh it's starting out as the season two premiere really gave me a sense of what's at cost because I feel like in season one you you kind of do know what's at cost like they kind of just throw it in there here here and there with um, Ozai and stuff like that but I felt right. like these two episodes and specifically this one really zeroed in really quickly at what is at stake. Um, not only for Aang, but also for the external stuff like Ozai and his internal battle with, you know, what happens if he dies mm-hmm. in an avatar state. So it really zeroed in for me like what's at stake with everything and it makes me want to watch it even more.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And Elgin uh, talked about it right there as well. We finally learn what the avatar state really is in this episode. The glowing of the eyes and the tattoos and the airbenders mm-hmm. um instance is that it is all of the past knowledge and power of all of the previous avatars joining forces, which essentially means the avatar that is currently alive is the most powerful person in the world, even against like the most previous avatar because Aang mm-hmm. has Roku's knowledge and Roku had Kyoshi and everyone before him. And the big important thing that we learn in this episode about the avatar state is that, yes, the Avatar is like pretty much all powerful in this state, but if they die in this state, the Avatar cycle is over. Elgin, how did you react to hearing that information just dropped on you right there? I thought it was a cool concept.
2: I mean, the most strongest person is the most vulnerable person at the same time. So it kind of really just drilled into what's at stake, like I said before, and just the cost of everything. And it also makes the Avatar state So much more important in those little moments that we do get it. So I'm already like feeling like they're gonna try to kill this guy in the Avatar state since they just dropped that little gem in there. So I'm like
1: kind of nervous to keep watching now. So we'll see. Yeah. So that kind of wraps up wraps up Ang's storyline in this. Really, like they don't really do too much. They well, not that they don't do too much, but he really learns about the Avatar State, which is the biggest takeaway for him in this episode. So I really want to... Are you guys ready to jump into uh, Zuko's storyline, which is mm-hmm. my favorite storyline of the entire
0: season, really? like, I want to... There's one more thing. Just one. More yeah, thing. go ahead, Brian. Because, like, I think he... The Avatar State happens. He gets in there and blows everyone away. Literally. And, uh... Yeah. It's, I mean, the whole <laughs> vulnerability of, like, seeing Katara go underground, like, that was dark, like, the idea that he was willing to do that. But also, I found it amazing to see how he calmed down from that, where he, like, kind of lowers, and then guitar just hugs him. And Mm -hmm. that, it basically reminded me of, if you've ever seen, like, The Avengers, uh, like, Black Widow, like, singing, like, a a lullaby to Hulk. Uh, To Hulk. Uh, He's basically hulking out in this, and... I think it's really interesting concept that like he, he's his most vulnerable while he's in that state. But it also, if that wasn't the case, he'd always be in the Avatar state.
1: That's a good point as well. And you hit a good point there as well, that it's Katara is the one who set him off. Where he was attack, Fong was attacking Aang, and Aang was like, I can dodge, I can evade, I'll do what I have to. But as soon as Katara was in danger, that's when Aang was like, this is where I'm drawing the line. Here we go. But are you guys ready to talk about Zuko? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we find out oh, yeah. that Zuko and Iroh, they're still kind of on the run. They've spent three weeks on that driftwood. And we learn that today for this episode was Zuko's three years of being banished. And we have Zuko saying like, I just want my honor. I want my father not to think that I am just a reject and a disgrace. And Iroh has the great line. I'm sure he's not ashamed of you. He wouldn't have sent you away otherwise. <laughs> As funny as that line is, it kind of changes Iroh's character a little bit for me, because season one, he's like, no, Zuko, you don't need this. You are fine by yourself. But suddenly he's kind of defending his brother here, which is just a little weird for me. But the big thing that happens in this episode is Azula and Zuko finally come face to face again. Azula tells him, uh, Zuko and Iroh, that father changed his mind. Family means so much to him right now. We want you to come back to the Fire Nation. And Zuko's an idiot and believes her. Iroh immediately is like, no, my brother would never change his mind. This is this. Like, this is a straight-up lie. And what do you know? Azula was lying about it. And it's to me, it looked like this betrayal again really hurt Zuko, especially when you realize that I caught this shot where Azula is about to shoot Zuko full of lightning and essentially kill him. And he just has a look that this is my sister trying to kill me right now. And he would have died if it wasn't for Iroh redirecting the lightning and actually saving him. And this episodes like this really push, like they really show you how much Zuko and Iroh care about each other. Because the night before, Zuko yells at Iroh saying, you are just a jealous old man. You are jealous of your brother who's better than you. And he's going to go home by himself. But Iroh puts his pride aside and says, nope, I'm coming with you. And you could see how happy Zuko was when Iroh decides to come with him. Elgin, what do you think of their relationship just from this episode versus season one? And what did you think of Zuko being dumb enough to fall for Azula's betrayal?
2: (sighs) I mean... (laughs) I feel like it is a little bit different, but with some of the same um, aspects of the relationships. But I feel like now Iroh, just from, I I believe it was this episode, just him trying to put him on the right path, Mm -hmm. but Zuko still kind of waning off of what uh, Iroh intends for him to be on. So I feel like that's going to be like a really major component in that. But for Zuko to be that dumb... (laughs) I just thought it was crazy, especially uh, in certain scenes in the other season where Zuko does listen to his uncle, Mm -hmm. but I feel like the acceptance and the need of wanting to be with his father, clouded his judgment. So I don't really blame him too much for that. But it was funny when (laughs) the guy
1: accidentally said, take the prisoners (laughs) to to the uh, gates. That was hilarious to me. This episode really does a great job of just setting up how terrifying Azula can, Azula yes. can be. <laughs> just from her introduction where she's like, the tides have made up their mind on if they're going to kill you, but I still haven't. Gunner, you've seen this before. Azula's intro always hits so hard every time, doesn't it? Azula's appearance on
3: camera always hits so hard. You were yeah. just constantly and constantly reengaged and reestablished of how much for the moment, so much better of a villain she is than Zuko. Because yeah. Zuko is kind of a punk. He's not super that bad. And also Azula is obviously the smarter one and the more experienced and trained one. Mm-hmm. I do love, in our live chat, we love having you guys talk with us. Ivan Soto making the comparison of Azula is the Joker to Zuko's Batman.
1: Oh yeah, that's a very interesting point. That's a very interesting one there. One of my favorite things about this episode is... When Zuko and Azula start fighting each other, you just see that Zuko immediately pulls out his fire daggers. He fights more with his rage, but Azula is just countering every attack. She's so much more precise than him, Mm -hmm. and she doesn't try and make a blow until she's sure she can hit him with lightning, but of course, Ira comes in to save him. But the best part of this episode is when they cut off their top knots and they go on the run at the end. Elgin, this is a very big moment for a lot of the fan base. Zuko's hair is a hotly debated topic among the fan base. So it's great. I, I love when they cut off the top knots. I think <laughs> it is such a good, because it's, it's a symbol of them being like, no, we are, yes, Zuko is still wanting to pursue the Avatar, but for mm-hmm. him right now, this is, no, I'm more just trying to survive. So, Yeah. Do you guys have any last thoughts on this episode, Ryan? I know you like this one. Do you guys have any other thoughts before we jump into bingo?
0: I think it's it's setting the table. It's like it's this was uh, it's the first yeah. one, season two. They came with a bang with I think the Ang storyline, and we're kind of like mm-hmm. setting up. Uh, it's it's setting up, but it's effective setting up.
3: Yeah, it's that's really a good point, building. Ryan. Mm-hmm. Really building into a huge, so much more world building. We've already seen so much of the Avatar universe, and now they're going right. to go even deeper. It's really gonna make mm-hmm. a bang, like a lightning bang.
1: <laughs> All right, so, hey guys, question for you two: Did we get bingo this episode? I'm saying yes. Gunner's saying yes. LG, I'm gonna go
2: with a yes too. Hopefully, we start off this season with a hey. bang.
1: Well, guys, we got three bingos in this episode. Yes, yeah, it's a whole lot <laughs> Totally, we got three bingos in this episode. <laughs> it is insane.
0: Everyone at home, I was can just see marking.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was marking things like, like, oh my goodness. So, for our audio listeners, our bingo board across the top, we have air bending or excuse me, water bending, Ang in disguise, Cabbage Man, Angry Zuko, Earth bending. Line two, we have Avatar Roku. Zuko talks about his honor. Sokka yells what he's about to do. Bison Whistle used Katara to talk about her mother. Line three, <laughs> Angry Katara, all four elements used. Free space, new character, lightning bending. Line four is Zuko being mocked. Iroh drinks or talks about tea. The Avatar state is used. Boomerang making. Yip-yip is said. And finally, in our final row, we have firebending. A new animal appears. Gullible or just dumb Fire Nation soldiers. A flashback and airbending. And guys, we had so much this episode. Starting off the top, we have water bending. Ang is using in his dream. Katara tries to use it in the fight. We have angry Zuko when he is fighting with Azula, and we have earthbending. And I really like the use of earthbending here. How they're able to just blow rocks up to make fireworks, (laughs) like that is so cool. Then we do have Avatar Roku shows up, and we get a few glimpses of some other past avatars. We have Zuko talking about his honor. Line three, we have an angry Katara because she gets very mad at Ang and Sokka when they agree to help General Fong. We have Mm -hmm. all four elements being used. Plus, we have the addition of lightning bending being used as well in this episode. So we got kind of five elements being bended this episode. (laughs) We have our free space. We had new characters. So we have Fong. We have the past avatars. And we have the twins that are talking with Katara. Or excuse me, with Azula. We have Zuko being mocked, who, uh, let's face it, that was all Azula during their entire fight. She was just (laughs) openly mocking him. Obviously, we have the Avatar state being used. We have Boomerang making an appearance. We have Yip Yip being said only once in this episode. We have Firebending during their final fight. We have a flashback, a very, very brief one, but it is a quick shot of Zuko remembering Iroh putting his hand on his shoulder once Zuko and Iroh reconnect coming down the mountain. And finally, we had Airbending with Ang using his scooter. So guys, this was a great bingo board to start <laughs> off this season. Like, I really don't think Boom. it can get better than this. We got three bingos in one yeah. go here again.
3: We're getting a blackout. We're going to get a blackout. Yeah. So we're going to get it. <laughs> that was
1: great. All right, so now, guys, once since we're done our bingo, Gunner is going to read out one of your guys' five-star reviews for us on iTunes. If you guys want to get a shout-out, please leave us a five-star review. We will read it on air. It helps us out so much. So, please, Gunnar, go ahead and take it away.
3: All right, back with more Sozin's comments. And if you want to also continue the conversation on social media with any of us, just use the hashtag... S-O-Z-I-N-C-O-M-M-E-N-T-S. But for our iTunes review for five stars, want to give a huge shout-out to DMC649. Really enjoyed the mix of familiarity to the canon. Also allows to see the intense anticipation and hindsight of this great story from your respective perspectives. I like the little rhyme right there.
1: Yes, guys, thank you so much for that shout-out. Like we said, we will read them out for you if you give us a five-star review. You get your guys' uh, review shouted out on there. Pretty great. All right, guys, so... This is our producer, Ryan Nilsson's favorite episode of the series. <laughs>
0: uh, okay. I think this is like a personal favorite episode. Uh, ever All since right. we even were talking about this after show into existence, this was an episode that I was like, oh, man, I am i can't wait till we get there. Uh, the Cave of Two Lovers, which...
1: Yes. Ryan, I'm, I'm very excited to hear your thoughts.
0: Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm amped. I, this is, I think, I'm not going to like... Talk about the whole thing quite yet, but this is probably an example of an episode that you would classify as filler. Mm-hmm. But I would argue that this is any this this is not filler. I think by like the general yeah. definition of filler, where like oh it doesn't necessarily advance the plot, it's like mm-hmm. nothing, like there's no huge revelation. I think this is a really great character episode, and they mm-hmm. basically the, the the plot is let's get. Through this cave, yeah, it's get from point A to point B. Point so, A to point B, Mad Max. Yes,
1: yeah, Ryan, you and I are going to argue and disagree on this episode quite a little bit. Then, and like Elgin said at the very beginning, there is a big surprise at the end of this episode. But I don't think he was ready to see at this point, quite frankly. So, yeah. real quick, just to get going, <laughs> the group. This whole episode really boils down to they can't. The group cannot fly over a mountain pass to get to omashu because there's too many fire nation soldiers so they meet up with this group of uh nomads who just walk around singing lots of songs (laughs) where elgin this might be the most memed episode of the show honestly (laughs) but we quickly realize sokka does not like this group of people he is annoyed by their singing they're far too optimistic for him but they end up having to go into a very dark tunnel that will lead them to Omashu. And they get, there's a cave-in. Well, not really a cave-in, but the Fire Nation kind of causes them to get trapped inside. And Appa gets scared. He does not like being underground. And he causes a cave-in, separating the groups. So we're really following just two different groups of people in this episode, or mm-hmm. at least on their storyline, of Ang Katara, and uh, Appa, and Sokka with his favorite... Traveling nomads and Momo. Elgin, <laughs> did you like the addition of these nomads? Or were you kind of annoyed by their characters?
2: Uh, I think I was more so just ambivalent towards them. Because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like they weren't really necessarily there to do anything with character development, really. I felt like they were just possibly there to go with Sokka and let Katara and have their moment.
1: <laughs> ryan you had a reaction what are your thoughts right now, <laughs>
0: guys i mean this is first of all we're coming off of like a really dark end of season one true kind true. of a serious first mm-hmm. episode of season two i think you have to b- liven it up a little and i think <laughs> these are the perfect characters i love the nomads so much i think they're the best comic relief in the entire series of avatar i'll agree with you there and and what the thing is about them is not only are they kind of like this fun comic relief but they are they are the angle of like let's not take everything too seriously like sometimes you need to sit back and relax they are like the extreme of that but i think what what the significance of their run-in with them our crews uh, is that they got to realize, like, they got to stay a little alive and up. Yeah, it's serious. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I got to master all these elements. But at the same time, like, I got to chill. I got to be a little go with the flow. <laughs> and I think that, that they learn that from these guys.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with you there, Ryan. Honestly, this episode for me, I disagree with Ryan a lot on this episode. It is very <laughs> filler for me. Like, I think you can summar- summarize this episode in maybe ten sentences, <laughs> like, oh like wow. I really I really don't think much happens on the soccer side Eric Jewell, every time <laughs> yes right summing
0: up every episode with ten sentences and all the recaps. <laughs> so I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> <bro>.
1: Whoa. <laughs> if you are going to break this episode down, I think the majority of anything important happens with Zuko and Ang and Katara. I think the Sokka side is purely just for the comedic relief, except we do see the badger moles with him. But every time we cut to Sokka with the nomads, it's just they're making a joke about how serious Sokka takes everything. And Brian, you're right. That does, I guess, help him become more calm and relaxed later.
0: Eric, the thing is, the thing that I think (laughs) actually I I would argue it's the other way around, sir. I think that Go Sokka ahead, Ryan. Take this away. Sokka actually learns the most this episode. Because he... Yeah, it's funny, and he's um, frustrated. But he... Sokka's way too calculated. He always needs a plan. It always needs to be this precise. Like, this needs to happen now at this time. Boom, 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 boom. And when he's put in the situation where it's beyond his control, yeah. he can't bend. They have to go through this tunnel. They can't fly over. Like, and he's at the... He, he has to follow, he has to trust these people he's not familiar with, he has to go with the flow. And him being put out of his comfort zone, that's actually what I thought made this episode so fascinating. Every time, uh, every time he tried to do a map, he tried to figure it out, he, tried, he really tried to like be the controlling Sokka that we're so used to, it just set them back. It wasn't until they went with the flow, they turned out the light, if you will. And just kind of trusted... But, uh, mm,
1: I, I argue with that. that I, argue with, I argue uh, with the fact that Sokka... And his group turn out the light because they don't. They have the Badger Moles. The Badger no, 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 Moles no, 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 are the no. ones that wait, say, wait, wait. "What's okay. up, Gunner? What's your so point?" I
3: will. I have to judge, judge him because I do give. I agree <laughs> with both of you, in and since I think the episode is very filler, because it's such a to me, I'll disagree. So, but I do agree. But I do agree that it actually isn't a filler because it does progress a lot of plots actually into things into the our sequel series, Legend of Korra, that I just realized I'll talk about after the show. So that was a tangent I realized, but we see character plot um, development. We see personal development on themselves. So Sokka is able to not be a boy scout. So I don't say he's controlling. I say he's a boy scout, and then he has it's yeah. calculated and a leader, and he doesn't like a waste of time. He's the dumb one of the group of times, but he also doesn't like a waste of time because he thinks his jokes are purposeful and important.
1: I guess I'm just really in the minority of this episode, and I don't really care for it. I think the Zuko storyline, I think, is the most interesting of this episode, really. Yeah. Elgin, what are your thoughts on... You said you don't think it's a filler. You were agreeing with Ryan. So where are you coming from Um, in this argument, then?
2: I think it could have been filler for Sokka just because it's, like, the cave of two lovers and his girlfriend is practically the moon at this point, so he really has no objective. But I feel like for the most part, like... traditional anime fillers or or any type of filler, there isn't really any aspect of character building at all. It's just like Mm -hmm. a seamless episode that is just not advancing any kind of plot at all, like character-wise or story, like in general at all. So I feel like with this one, we may have not gotten the plot of the story advanced, but I feel like there was a lot of moments for character development, especially with Zuko finding uh, another perspective of the Fire Nation that maybe Mm -hmm. um, they aren't the good guys and and we have done a lot of bad things. And I feel like with that, that's a lot of progression in terms of character development. And then even with Katara and Aang having their moment and kind of knowing that they both like each other, and I feel like you don't get that in a filler. Yeah, I feel like it, you just get guys, lots of Guys, it's a love. Nonsense.
0: It's a love episode. You have no love <laughs> in your heart. Like, I honestly think that this episode <laughs> is so genuinely sweet. I, I really yeah, do think very, they very pull it episode. off. Like, it's hard, to do these, it's hard to do episodes of television, especially in a kid's show, where, like, you're involving all these romance elements. But I really think they pull it off here. Like, the moment where their mm-hmm. torch is going down, like, there's so many ways that that could have come off Weird or come off wrong, but like the, I felt the butterflies in the stomach. I felt the like insecurity. Like I'm gonna take a risk here. I really thought they captured that well, and that's mm-hmm. what makes this stand out from a filler episode. Absolutely, cave sure. two lovers, Eric. I... Find the love because... in your heart, dude. Because
3: you don't even know if they actually kissed. You really don't know what happened because the lights came back on. Because they oh boy, they They totally made out.
1: They one hundred percent kissed.
3: I'm just just glad you guys are.
1: I'm like, if y'all just from the blushing the two of them had at the end of the episode, where Ang's like, we followed, like we've trusted in love. I was like, yeah, (laughs) you fully kissed right there. You're so happy right now. And I'm telling you this,
0: I'm going to make a super cut edit where right after they make out. Fireflies. The song Fireflies starts playing. <laughs> no. Because that's everything. The that lights. You know what? Up. I'm signing out. I'm signing out. I, I want know. to make myself gotta... believe that planet Earth slowly. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta go. Ten thousand
1: fireflies. Anyway, <laughs> didn't, 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 coming back from that, we really. You guys must like this part so much more than me. But before we jump over to the Zuko storyline. The big reveal that we see at the end of this episode, once they get out of the tunnel, is that Omashu has been taken over by the Fire Nation. Elgin, how did you react to that for the first time? Because this was one of the two big strong points. They hadn't been able to take Omashu or Basing Se yet. And now they've Mm -hmm. taken the second largest Earth Kingdom capital. Like, how did you react?
2: So I'm just preparing myself in case my boy Bumi dead, you know. (laughs) I'm preparing for the worst, so we'll see. You know, I'll be happy if he's alive,
1: and I I don't know at this point. I'm kind of (laughs) scared. Yeah, Elgin, we'll have to get back to that. But before Elgin can wallow in sadness over Boomy any longer, we're going to jump over to the Zuko storyline, where Mm -hmm. I I love Zuko. Zuko is my favorite character in this show.
0: I and didn't know that, Eric. I, it's not like you say
1: it
3: every uh, week. Oh, yeah. Like, every five seconds, actually. Like, oh, every
1: we're going to need you know, one we should, put that on a
0: bingo board. Zuko, maybe, that be, really should. he wouldn't be such a bad guy if he, like, took a trip to the Cave of Two Lovers and found... The so, Lovers. if uh, anybody in the
1: chat would like to, I'm looking for two new co-hosts. I'm looking for a new producer for this show. Please DM me on Twitter. My yeah, DMs no, actually, are open. I'm so ready for this. Moderator,
3: we need a new Fire representative.
1: Anyway, so, we have zuko and iro iro talks about tea finally and he drinks a tea that essentially is poison for him he and zuko be uh excuse me he and zuko go to an earth kingdom village and Mm -hmm. they are taken care of by a very nice woman named song and she kind of just opens herself up to the two of them she's just like hey I'll make you guys dinner. You're welcome to stay at my place. She really brings them into their home. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I like this specifically for Zuko because he's seeing that there are other people in the world who have been affected by the war in different ways than he has. And also in very similar ways where he realized, uh, Song says, oh, is your father off fighting in the war? And Zuko's answer is yes, but he's fighting in the war a very different way than Song's uh, father was. And Elgin, how did you react seeing that she has a burn on her leg? And we get a big reaction from Zuko there, like shocked, like, oh my goodness, I thought I was the only one with a burn. Mm -hmm. What was your reaction to that human moment for him?
2: I was like, okay, well, this is actually kind of amazing because I feel like people like Zuko are those type of people that are are stuck in a fishbowl and they're not kind of aware that there's a whole nother world around them with a whole bunch of people with different experiences and perspectives. So the fact that he was able to see the other side and see these other perspectives from people of what
1: his own people have done was Mm -hmm. great. I love that. Yeah. I like this moment for him because like I said, he's seeing a different side. People, people are nice. Not everybody. Mm -hmm is going to betray and abuse you like a lot of people in his past has. And a big moment for me right now that shows that Zuko has a long way to go in his character development Mm -hmm. is this woman offers them their home. She makes food for them, for them to take. And Zuko still steals from them. He takes like their ostrich horse with them. Gunnar, how do you react to that? Seeing this woman being so kind and Zuko essentially just like stabs her in the back.
3: Well, we know he was your favorite. So I'm afraid to like talk bad about him. I'm like, it canceled. But honestly, <laughs> for me, I thought it was good to see because I always think it's really important when the royal character or the upper class character does see things from the bottom and the reverse is well. like when the lower end person sees them in the heights and how neither side has it perfectly easy. They have their own unique struggles that the other, the other won't understand. But to me it didn't surprise me because Suko is still a very selfish character. Mm-hmm. And this episode, even with how it was still about, mm-hmm. oh, I'm abandoned, I'm on my own, especially now I have my sister hunting for me, it felt so repetitive from the last episode. I m- I remember this even when I first watched it, I was kind of a bit let down. I was just like, we're not going to progress anymore. The only <laughs> plus I get is that we see his hair grew, so it looks better now yes. already. and that's mm, I yeah. For.
1: yeah, so I guess, again, there was a bit of a time jump here. We don't exactly know how long it was, but it was long enough for Zuko to go from practically bald to having almost a full head of hair.
3: Yeah, so like, really fast.
1: Yeah. Again, I think this episode is mostly filler. I uh, think there are some very, very small moments that add to the overall story. What are your guys' final thoughts on this before we go to bingo? Ryan, you, oh my God. Okay, you have a reaction.
0: So first off, I think this. I think it's, it's episodes like these that really, really build for future payoffs. But I think there mm-hmm. I think there are payoffs in this episode. Like I said, I think I dare you to find me a better animated a better show from an animated series that has that pulls off a romance scene like they do in this one. Mm-hmm. I also dare you to find a funnier episode of Avatar than this one and I'll give you that one. I triple dog dare Eric Jewel. Ooh. No, 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 no. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, I, I, I just think that they, I, I think it's a cool cliffhanger mm-hmm. uh, with Om- with Omashu. The one thing, like, as big a fan as I am at this episode, like, you tried flying over and the Fire Nation was fire, was and, you know, fired rocks at you, like, you couldn't have assumed that they were already on the other side. Like, that yeah, was the one thing was... I was like, huh?
3: That's very true. That's very true. Yeah. But, but I think that yeah. there's a lot of
0: interesting stuff that happens in this cave. Um And I, I think it is a really, like, this is prime avatar for me. Like, I there's not other series that can pull things off like yeah. this and and you know it's also mm-hmm. this is a very different episode like there's no avatar state there's very little bending yeah. like everyone's mm-hmm. kind of disarmed there's not much that he can do Like, you're just following you're just following your yeah. own intuition and I think it's yeah. going with the flow
1: and I'll agree with you Ryan that I think this episode really does set up a lot of things for payoff later on down in the series but I personally just wish they could have spread that out a little bit more because I just don't really feel as fulfilled in this episode because, like you said, there's a lot of setup. I wish more things that were hinted at and set up in this episode could have been fulfilled in this episode. So I just think there's just a lot of things dangling that I think could have been cleaned up a bit. Gunnar, what are your final thoughts on it?
3: Uh, I definitely know what you mean. But I think that's part of the beauty of Avatar is that they both fulfill things in their episodic like style, while also developing an arc and placing little pieces that mm-hmm. almost every episode you can go back and say from the premiere to the finale, holy crap! Every single episode built the puzzle pieces into it. Right. And but I love the reference of how there was a no bending. This was a almost like anti abilities type episode. And I mentioned mentioned this last episode, but. The first episode was the very first time we see Aang Earthbend, even though it is in the Avatar state. Because he does move the boulders and everything. You are correct.
1: He he is at his advantage. You are correct. Yeah. Elgin, what are your final thoughts on this one?
2: I mean, I love both of these episodes, especially the first one, like I said earlier with just the costs of everything and what's at stake is was especially shown in the in the first episode and I know I said last season that I had a beef with Zuko but then the season finale at the end with him kind of made me feel sorry for him but then after the second episode he's on my own site list again so I'm beefing with him oh, so he's gonna have to put in some work to get win. off that list yeah. Oh,
1: Elgin, I really, a a I really hope you I really hope you come around and love him like I do. Also,
0: <laughs> a facepalm is my favorite bit. <laughs> oh my god. Episode. We do not talk about that. Why is that, is,
1: that is one of the funniest moments of this season. <laughs> where at the end, Sokka has just red spots on his forehead, and Chong comes up and goes, Nobody freak out about what I'm gonna tell you. I think he's the avatar. <laughs> ryan you're right this is arguably the funniest episode of this that's series. very true so yeah, that's a good one all right well guys my final question for you guys did we get bingo absolutely not no, no. yeah no not at all
0: you this
1: close? absolutely not we got one two three four five <laughs> Maybe
0: six seven
1: eight i think it might <laughs> I, be i kind of I wonder i thought so we and one of them was our free <laughs> <laughs> so, in this episode, we had our training in the water before they go in the cave. We have earthbending because we see the badger moles and how they were the first earthbenders. We get nothing online, too. We have angry Katara right after my favorite line in the whole series uh-huh. of Ang saying, What? I said uh-huh. I'd rather kiss you than dying. You That's die. a compliment. <laughs> and Katara is just... It's so angry! It.
0: It's your favorite line of the whole series. Moving on, Ryan. Episode. It's really we funny have our free space.
1: <laughs> and we have our free space. Some new characters. We got all of the nomads who just start uh, walking around, and we have Song, who's the woman who takes Iro and Zuko into her home. We have Zuko drinking tea to very ill effect, where he is poisoned. We get new animals. We get the wolf bats and the badger moles. So cool. We get a flashback which was, what flashback did we get? Or did I just mark that wrong on Oh, we got one of the
0: Cave of Two Lovers, right? Oh, you're right. Yes. We have
1: this background yep. for the Cave of Two Lovers. And then we have airbending, which very small in this episode. I think the only time we see it is Aang pushing everybody out from under the falling rocks. So like Ryan said, this was a very low-bending episode. It was a very character episode. And this is the smallest amount of bingo we have gotten. Oh my god, oh.
0: Eric, you just made me realize something I actually never even thought of i know i was joking about that being your favorite line but that even makes that scene more interesting because it's a genuine like even if okay they, they definitely kissed but he said oh, that to in the episode so it's like what's going through everyone's head is it just like yeah die see it. look at
1: that i'm making ryan come around to my side
0: i you make me like
3: him more <laughs> I was like, you, you, you just helped to make his point stronger
1: great well thank you everybody so much (laughs) for tuning in to this very (laughs) heated episode of our rewatch series join us next week where we'll be talking about episodes three and four of book two ryan where can people find you online to keep the conversation going uh
0: seeker you can find me at ryan nilsen on twitter at ryan nilsen nilsen underscore on instagram elgin ball where can people find you
2: you guys can find me on Instagram at Elgin underscore ball and on Twitter as well. What about you, Gunner?
3: You can find me on all social medias at the Gunner <laughs> Thomas. And also make sure you check out our hashtag. Hashtag SozinComments. S O Z I N C O N M E N T. Thank you so much for Madame Jamalot Je- Je- Jem- for joining us for the first time for her her li- li- first live episode. Thank you oh, congratulations, Drew, Ivan Soto and a happy birthday shout out to Sydney.
1: Yes, and you guys can find me online on Twitter and Instagram at Joel 11 Send me applications. We're looking for a new producer and some new co-hosts <laughs> and right a new, now. And a
3: new moderator. A new Pirates representative, actually. <laughs> yes.
1: Definitely. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for these episodes. Like I said, we will be back next week to talk about our next episodes, episodes three and four. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk, and we will see you guys next week. Have a good one, guys. Bye.